Hi again, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and I am Nate Johnstone, and this guy's Paul Anderson. Hi, Paul. Hello, people. And we talked last week about stress, anxiety, worry, fear, and those things, and how a Christian actually never has to experience the negative effects of those things. We experience those things happening in our life all the time. They happen around us. We can't get away from difficulty, stressful situations, hard circumstances. Those things happen. Jesus promises us in Matthew 6, in this world you'll have trouble, right? Uh, so those things will happen to us. Sometimes they happen all the time. We're currently in coronavirus lockdown, and they're happening to almost everybody in the country simultaneously. And yet, even with those things happening around us, pressing in on us, we don't have to experience the negative effects of that stuff. The worry, stress, fear, anxiety, any of it. Why? Because Jesus gave us a get out of stress free card. Little Monopoly joke there. He gave us a gift called peace. He gave us his peace. And if we learn to use that gift, to cultivate that gift in a uh, concert with the gift of self-control these two things i wouldn't say they're two halves of one coin but man do they work great together um they're like you know two different spokes on a wheel and as one turns the other turns and it, it just creates a lot more momentum and power and so if we can learn to cultivate these things we can find ourselves living a life without stress worry anxiety and fear and that might literally save our lives and don't turn us off thinking these guys are absolutely unrealistic. Mm -hmm. This is straight from the word of God, brothers and sisters, straight mm -hmm. from the scriptures. And we're going to show you that that is what God intends us to live with and not to live with. So stick with us and you're going to hear from the scriptures how that can happen and that it can happen in your life as well. Amen. Amen. And I also thought this was crazy and impossible at first. And but the the Holy Spirit just kept showing me these verses and being like this is what I said. So it's true and I'm like I believe you, but it just it seems so mean for you to tell me I shouldn't be anxious about anything. That's impossible. And the Holy Spirit kept being like it can't be impossible because I said do it. And that's not the only scripture. There's tons and tons of them on this topic. So finally, I had to accept and just say, okay, God, I believe you. So how do I do it? I clearly don't understand how to do it because I'm terrible at it. Um, and that started a multi-year journey of research, trial and error, and a lot of humility because I was pretty terrible at this stuff that we're going to talk about. Um, let me start here. Uh, open up or, or make a note. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 7. Wonderful. This, this whole extended passage in 1 Peter 2, I, I literally preached on for like three months once because there's so much there. It's so dense. This is the Apostle Peter pouring out from prison all of the things that the Holy Spirit has taught him in his very exciting life in ministry, okay? And the wisdom and depth of some of this stuff is uncanny. And the, I feel like the greater I get to know the Holy Spirit, the more scripture opens up to me. Do you, do you find that to be true, Paul? Do you find it to be true that the more you get to know God, the scriptures seem to open up to you more and more? Oh, absolutely. I love this passage. I, I memorized it when I was in Israel in 1967. Mm, cool. 
And what did yeah. it what did it mean for you in that con in that that period in your life? Well, it it was setting me up for what was going to happen because mm. I was going to return to the most difficult year of my life. And Peter got me ready for what was going to be a depressing year that I didn't know if I was going to get out of. Although I was going to graduate from seminary and go into the ministry, I felt like anything but a minister. And I, uh, I drew on the words of Peter in his first letter. Yeah. And uh, I finally got out of it. I, I just kept repeating the truths. I carried a three by five card with me. And over the months, I, I spoke truth to myself. I needed it. And that's so wonderful. And how, you know, that's what that is. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, is God gave him a prophetic word. He gave him a word because he was going to need that in the future. And God will often do that with us if we're, if we're paying attention and listening to him. He will give us something. And sometimes when God gives us a word or a scripture or, or a song or whatever it is, we might say, oh, that's great. Cool but we don't know how it really applies to our life now. But if we humble ourselves and say, God, why did you give me this? Is there a reason why you want me to read first Peter or whatever it is? And God might, he may or may not answer, but he might say, I want, I need you to be in this passage right now. Okay. So let's obey and listen as Paul did. Paul Anderson here did. And he found out that God was giving him that out of his abundant kindness. Yeah. Knowing that his child, Paul, was going to be going through a difficult time. And so in advance of that, God prepared him for it. Mm -hmm. How kind of God. I mean, God is the kindest person I know. I sold that line from Graham Cook, but yeah. it's such a great line. I recognize it. He is the kindest person I've ever met. Um, that he says, ooh, they're going to be going through a tough time. Not only will I be with him during that tough time, but I'm going to give him something now to encourage him, to build up his heart build up his spirit so that when he hits that moment, he'll be better prepared and more resilient. How mm -hmm. wonderful that God does that. And so first Peter two, I'm just going to look at uh, verses four through seven. Um, Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, apologize. Jesus is our cornerstone. Now this isn't the only time you read about cornerstones in scripture, um, but I don't know that I'll get back to that um, later. But Jesus is our cornerstone. And before we, we talk about this passage, what is a cornerstone? Paul, I'm going to put you on the spot. What's a cornerstone in a first century building in Israel? It's the most important uh, stone. It, mm -hmm. it holds the weight, uh, essentially, of the building. The building grows around that stone, and that stone is the buttress to uh, carry the weight. That's exactly right. Um, in engineering terms, it's, it's not, they, they, instead of using the word weight, they use the term stress. Mm -hmm. Stress is an engineering term. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get back to that. But let, me read the, let, me, let me read this passage, uh, 1 Peter 2, 4 through 7. As you come to him, Jesus, it's talking about a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, <laughs> You yourselves, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood and to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture. Now, here's, here's the quote from the Old Testament. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, 
chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put this to shame. The stone that the builders rejected, this is another passage now that, that Peter is quoting, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. So there he quotes passages that refer to a cornerstone. Now, as Paul said, um, a cornerstone, they call, it was called that because it was literally in the corner, typically, between the ground and the rest of the building. It was often one of the bigger stones, um, but it was a dense stone. They would inspect the stone real well to make sure there weren't any cracks or flaws in it. And the reason that stone was so important, it was the most important stone in a building, as Paul said, the reason it was so important is because it bore the majority of the stress from that building. Now, stress is an engineering term, and I'm going to read you out of my notes the official meaning of that term. If you look this up in a physics book or an engineering book, it'll say stress, a load, force, or system of forces producing a strain or causing deformation. Okay, so stress is a load, it's something on you, or a force or system of forces altogether pushing against you. And that produces a strain on, in this case, a building, but if it's you, you. A strain or causing deformation, it actually can crush, it can change something, it can ruin something. That's, and stress has always been an engineering term. Um, and we have come to use the term stress in normal parlance to refer to the emotional stuff that happens to us that is exactly like this engineering term. Mm -hmm. Because there are things in the world that push on us or feel like a heavy load on us or a system of things that are all coming out against us at the same time. And that produces a strain in our emotions, in our mental response, and as we'll see in a minute, in our physical body as well. And it causes deformation. It can crush us and get us bent out of shape. And Jesus is the cornerstone, the one who bears the stress. The point of a cornerstone is that it bears most of the stress of the building so that the rest of the building doesn't have to bear stress. And in that passage, it says, we're all living stones, but he's the cornerstone. And so when we are in the, that building that, that Peter is, is creating, like the uh, house, of, house of the Lord, we aren't bearing a lot of that stress. Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And I think this is so important because Jesus is saying, look, I am meant to carry the load for you. I'm not going to steal the load, but I will carry it if you let me. If you position yourself in the building such that I'm bearing your stress and he's not going to move you, you have to move yourself, but he will bear that stress. It's like the passage, um, Paul, you'll remember the address. I have it somewhere in my notes, but um, talking about being yoked to Christ mm -hmm. and we're yoked to him. And he said, you know, my burden is my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Easy doesn't mean it's not difficult, but it, it's easier than, than him. The, the story there is you've got an older oxen and a younger oxen. We're the younger oxen, yoked to Jesus, the older oxen. And in those situations, the older oxen knows exactly what to do. He bears the stress. He carries the load. He pushes it. He causes the windmill to turn, or I'm um, sorry, the, the grinding stone to turn, um, what it, whatever it is that the oxen is being used for. The younger one goes along for the ride to, <laughs> learn, to learn how. He doesn't bear most of that stress. The older oxen does. And Jesus is saying, I am supposed to carry that stuff for you. 
You partner with me. You walk with me. We walk through the stress of our lives. We walk through the difficulty. We walk through the circumstances, but we walk through it with Jesus. And he wants to take the brunt of all the difficulty. He wants to take the brunt of all the emotional baggage, the, the emotional overflow from those situations. And when we find ourselves in life feeling really stressed out, it's probably because we're trying to pull the other way. Mm. We say, oh, this stress is gross. I'm gonna go this way and get away from it or whatever. And Jesus is, is like, sorry, this is the way we're going. Yeah. We are going this way. You have to come with me because we are connected by a very heavy piece of wood <laughs> and you can't get out of it. We Nate, would... I've never heard this passage taught this way, never. Mm. I love it. It's, it's clear biblical truth, like what you're saying. Keep talking. Okay, I will keep talking. And so, um, and there's tons of biblical passages about this. I literally could teach about this for, for days because there's just so much stuff. And when I saw all this started to become clear for me and kind of um, come together, I was like, how is everybody not talking about this? Mm -hmm. And then once I experienced living in the peace of Christ, I was like, I was really like, how is everybody not talking about this? This is like the awesomest thing ever. Because it turns out peace is so much better than stress. It's not even funny. <laughs> stress yeah. is terrible. Peace is amazing. So Jesus wants to carry that for us. He's the cornerstone. He carries the stress. Um, and the Bible has talked about this kind of stuff for a long time. Um, stress produces strain. It causes deformation in our hearts and also in our physical bodies because uh, the Hebrew understanding of life was that mind, soul, emotions, physical body, they weren't extricable. They, they were all one thing. We are a being. And something that affects us emotionally affects us spiritually, affects us um, physically. We're, we're one thing. It was a much later Western idea that was like, we are three totally separate things. And what happens to our body doesn't affect our, our mind or our heart or whatever. Um, so in the Hebrew understanding, would you agree with that, Paul? Absolutely. Yes. I'm saying okay. amen. Thank you. Thank you. Sometimes I like to make sure I'm on the right track by asking <laughs> Paul because pretty much I trust everything he says. So, um, so Proverbs 17.22, this is a great one to write down. Proverbs 17.22. I, for some reason, I memorized this first when I was, oh, never mind. I know exactly why. I memorized this verse as a kid. Um, Proverbs 17.22, a joyful heart is good medicine. Hmm. And a broken spirit dries up the bones. Mm. So a joyful heart, having your heart actually full of joy, true, genuine, Holy Spirit joy, is a good medicine to the body. But a broken spirit, the opposite of that, anxiety, stress, worry, that dries up the bones. It doesn't just drive up the heart. It dries up the bones. Your body, your physical body is ruined by stress. If you allow your heart to be downcast all the time, if you allow your spirit to be broken, if you allow yourself to just soak up all the negativity and all the stress and all the anxiety, and even if they're legitimate things, I should worry about this. The economy's yeah. down in the toilet. I should worry about it. You still shouldn't. <laughs> I love why you say that. I, I love that you say that because sometimes we feel an obligation I know. to negative emotions that it makes sense in this situation to worry. It makes sense to fret. It makes sense to get angry. You made me angry, or sure. you made me upset, or mm -hmm. you made me feel this way, and we blame other people, rather than truly believing the word of God, saying that we can live above those things. Exactly. And even, even when our circumstances beg for us to have a negative response, 
We as Christians are called to not. Yes. Yeah. We are called to take it all joy when we're persecuted. That's count ridiculous. Who all, can do that? Count it all joy. Yeah. Who can and do that? No human, but the Holy Spirit can. He says that when he count it all joy when you encounter various trials. Yeah. It's not count it all joy when you get your vacation, when things let up. When That's you easy. Your, it's easy to have joy when you're on vacation. <laughs> sure. But in the midst of stress, in the midst of trials, that's when God comes to us and says, here, I give you my peace. Take it. It's yep. yours. And it's hard. It's hard. I'm not telling you this stuff is easy, especially when we first start, okay? But we're going to get into the mechanisms of how to walk into this in, in our lives. But it's not easy, especially at first, when things are really tough. It's mm -hmm. not easy. But the more we do it, the better we get at it. Uh, the more we humble ourselves, the more readily we walk into this stuff. Because a lot because of it is pride. You tend to be victims. You owe exactly. it to yourself to Which be is pride. In, pride, pride who we think is justified. Our pride is justified. We're justified in feeling horrible. We're justified in this or that because our 401k just tanked and we want to retire. So we're justified in feeling that way. You know what? We're not. We're not. We're not justified to be in a bad mood and to make other people feel miserable because of our misery. Right. And, and that was part of the thing that helped me into this is because um, my life with my wife uh, was stressful and it was difficult. She's in the Air Force. Um, when I really got into the next level of this stuff, uh, we were in Japan and I had become a stay-home dad, which was never part of my plan of two kids and my wife wasn't there very much and I was going through a depression. And so it was, it was a lot of stuff all at once, mental, physical, yeah. emotional, spiritual, everything. And what God called me to do was the hardest possible thing, which was suck it up, grab my hand and walk out of it. Mm. And I, Paul, I confess, I resisted that. I even railed against God for being a jerk. Mm. Mm. Don't tell me I'm supposed to pull myself up out of my bootstraps and walk out of all this difficulty emotionally. You're the one who put me into this stuff. It's not my fault I feel this way. All those things that are, that are so common that everybody probably experiences from time to time. Um, but I found that God was very kind and very patient in that time. And he just... It was like he stood there in front of me with his hand out, just waiting for me to take it. And eventually I did, and I started walking into the stuff and studying this academically. And it hit me that this is all real. This is all true. I don't have to experience stress or anxiety or fear, the negative effects of it, rather. Um, then I was like, wow, well, that sounds good. It sounds good to me. It sounds like I would prefer to not have stress than to have it. And then when I started actually experiencing it, I realized that it's not just a lack of a negative. It's a positive because we experience peace, which is way positive. Yeah. Yeah. But stress is extremely negative. Now today, and again, when I say stress, I'm talking about anxiety, fear, worry, um, stress, the negative effects of that stuff. We can't stop it from happening around us and in our life, but we can stop ourselves from sucking up the negative stuff that those situations offer to us emotionally and mentally. And nowadays, medical doctors are seeing that Proverbs 17.22 is actually accurate. Yes, yes. And I find that fun. My background is in science. I was pre-med uh, in college. And 
so I love this kind of stuff. It's like scientists are a little late to the party. You know, <laughs> Solomon wrote this probably 3,000 years ago, but at least they're, they're showing up. Good for them, right? Um, so Proverbs 17.22, a joyful heart is good medicine. Broken spirit dries up the bones. Well, now what scientists are realizing is that stress, anxiety, fear, this stuff we're talking about, is actually one of the, if not the, leading cause of most of our major medical problems. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that might sound ridiculous, but there is there are hundreds and hundreds now of studies and articles and stuff written about this. So just go ahead and look it up. Um, I wrote down a few. I've, I've got your, your notes here. It's Great. pretty impressive. So one, heart disease. Yep, heart disease is the number one killer in America, by the way, or was before coronavirus came, but uh, let's assume it will be again. Uh, it's the number one killer in America. And the leading cause of heart disease, according to researchers now, stress. The negative effects of stress, anxiety, and worry on our life. And cancer, I, I wouldn't have... Uh... Cancer. Cancer yeah. was actually proven a little bit earlier, I think. I'd have to look that up. Um, but a lot of people had the idea for a long time that the negative effects of stress cause cancer. And the mechanism of that is that when our bodies experience stress, we produce all these hormones and all this stuff that is supposed to bolster us and help us get through a, quick, a quickly stressful situation and get out of it. We see a snake. We get a rush of hormones. We run away done. But the problem is when we allow ourselves to experience that stress over and over and over and all this stuff in life, and we just suck it all up, our body is bathed in this stuff, cortisol and all these other things that they've proven now over time ruin our body. They just straight up ruin everything, including DNA itself. They degrade DNA to the point where cancer cells begin to grow uncontrollably. Mm. Um, so it's the number one, experiencing stress is the number one cause, or the number one cause of heart disease, of cancer, which is the number two killer in America, of strokes, strokes as well, which is the number four killer in America, Alzheimer's disease. So all these chemicals washing through our brain wrecks our brain too. That's the number six killer in America, by the way, Alzheimer's disease. Interesting. I want to guess. One, one, of the, one of the top causes of it is stress, experiencing this negative stuff we're talking about. Um, diabetes. We think of diabetes as being only about appetite, although they've proven now that in many cases it's more about genetics than it is about anything else. But as far as causal things, uh, stress is one of the top causes of diabetes they've shown now, which is why sometimes you run across people who are skinny and apparently in good shape and they have diabetes and you're like, like type two. And you're like, how did, how did, did you lose 300 pounds and, and I missed it? It's like, no, it just, it sucks. Um, and obviously this one probably makes more sense, suicide. Suicide is the number 10 killer in America, which is really sad to me. Yeah. And one of the primary causes is the stress and anxiety and difficulty of life. And there's tons of other things too that, that have stress as a cause. I'm gonna read through the list quickly. This, and by the way, this is not exhaustive. Obesity, headaches, chronic muscle aches, asthma, depression, gastrointestinal problems, accelerated aging, insomnia, mental disorders, hypertension, and many other things. It sounds like the end of a drug commercial now, <laughs> all the potential side effects. Those are all the potential side effects of stress, of unmitigated, uncontrolled anxiety in our life. And I would say this is where most of us are. This is where most of us live. Most of us live automatically accepting the stress that situations in our life offer to us. You're we right. Say, we say, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I'll take that. And I think it's because we don't know any better. We don't know that we can say no to those things. We, I wasn't taught I could. I didn't know this was a thing. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't realize that I had fallen into a habit of automatically taking all the stress of these situations in my life and shoving them right in my heart. Just let them in, open the door, let everybody in. I didn't realize I was doing that. And it did become a habit, which meant I didn't think about it. I didn't actively say, uh, the car broke down and I got to get somewhere. I choose to be stressed now. Mm -hmm. I didn't do that. I did it automatically so that my, my conscious mind didn't even have anything to do with it, which is what habits are. And, you know, I, this is so close, Nate, to what I've shared with you and what I've started teaching on with related to, uh, to discouragement. Mm-hmm. That it, I never stop to think I don't have to be discouraged. I just absolutely this situation, this combination of stresses should lead to discouragement. And so I would invite it in. Yep. When that happened at the Holy Spirit, uh, while I was leading the Holy Spirit conference and directing Lutheran renewal, there were there was a, a time period where I invited discouragement in and uh self-pity came in the back door and they stayed for a couple weeks because i accepted it yep. as just the normal mm -hmm. this is discouraging these situations i don't think you 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 probably didn't choose to accept it it was just it was an automatic thing it was, yeah it was like a habit and when i realized that this was a choice i pushed it out the door and then i said by god's grace i can't do it myself but by god's grace that will never happen again. Amen. And so now I catch myself when I put when I'm in situations that I ordinarily would have been discouraged by, I catch myself and I lock the door to discouragement and I say I will not be discouraged. And it works. It does work. Amen. And what you just said, we're going to go over um, later on because that's exactly what we need to do. We humble ourselves and confess that what we've done is wrong. Mm -hmm. And then we ask the Holy Spirit for help because we've humbled ourselves and admit we cannot do it right on our own. Yes. And then we walk into that in partnership with the Holy Spirit and we ask him, I tell everybody, just ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Guess what? Guess what? Mm -hmm. God wants to help you. Yes. Guess what? God wants you to pass the test. God wants you to make it to the next grade. God wants you to advance. He wants you to become more like Jesus. He's not sitting around expecting you to do it on, all on your own so that you show up and say, hey, look what I did, God. I'm super Christ-like now. No, no, no. That is not the gospel. That's the antithesis of the gospel. It is. The gospel says, guess what, buddy? You can't do it on your own. Mm -hmm. You need me. And But for some reason, once we're already Christians and walking in life, we think to ourselves, oh, I'm supposed to do it all on my own. And then we realize the Christian life is impossible. And then we get depressed or we back away from the church or back away from God. I've seen this dozens and dozens of times in people's lives. And it's like, you were never meant to carry that. You were never meant to do that. You were meant to take Jesus's hand and just walk with him. Follow the Holy Spirit because you don't know what you're doing and you can't do it. But mm -hmm. he can. And so he does expect you to follow him. And that's, that's true with this stuff. And so I tell people, ask God, Lord, remind me when I'm saying yes to stress. Just like you were saying with encouragement. Show me, Lord. Give me a little alarm. Give me a little alarm. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're thinking about discouragement stuff now. Are we supposed to do that? No. Right. This is it. And the more you do that and follow that, you break the bad habit of saying yes yeah. to this stuff. And you yeah. get better at recognizing either the effects of having said yes without realizing it, or you get even better eventually at saying no 
before it even comes in, saying, no, I'm not going to let that in. I am not, which is preventative now. You put up your shields, which is, we'll get to that later, but the Bible says the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds. Mm -hmm. So eventually when we're living in peace, we have shields up to prevent it from coming in in the first place because we can say no because Jesus has given us that, that peace. And, and you saw me doing that when you were teaching. <laughs> I remember this. When uh, Communitas was declining and it mm -hmm. seemed possible to turn it around, it, it seemed inevitable. And potentially that was very discouraging because I look back on where we were, 100, 150 people mm -hmm. in there, and now we got down to 20. 25. I think there were like 17 that night. Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm up there preaching. And you saw me. I'm fighting against it too. My yeah. hand out. And I, I went like this. I, I, so if, I, if, you're, if you're listening on audio, he puts his hand out and twists it uh, clockwise, I think. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he was yeah. facing me, so I'm actually not sure which way. But he reaches his hand out and twists it. And I am in the middle of a sermon. So I'm like, what, what is he saying? Is he saying, turn it down? Is he saying, turn it up? Is he, what? I, I don't understand. So I just, I was like, God, if I need to know something, tell me, otherwise I'm just going to ask him later. Um, Cause I was getting distracted. And then I asked him and he told me. Yeah. I was closing and locking the door to discouragement so that it would not come in. And I can say Nate, that during that whole period, I did not yield to discouragement. I say that not to my credit, I say that Jesus was taking the stress of that situation yep. and I was yoked to him. And so he made it easier. And I can, by, by I can say that that was true. You didn't, you didn't take that on, yeah. but, but it, but it was tempting and it knocked on the door. It knocked on the it door did. for a while there. It knocked on the door regularly. Yeah. Um, but you did a great job at locking the door, which then helped me. Your saying no to discouragement encouraged me to do likewise. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel the emotional weight of it as much as you did because you had started Communitas in your own house. It was your baby, right? And yes. so you felt more ownership, I guess, of it, sure. I would say. Not in a bad way. Not in a bad yeah. way. It, nope. was your, it was your thing. You started it. And I, I came in knowing it was suffering and we were either going to revitalize it or bury it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I preferred revitalize. <laughs> it seems like that's what I always do. I either start things or I get called in when, when situations are bad and I either help bring them out or I bury them. And okay. I, I buried a couple things the last few years, which it doesn't look great on the resume, by the way. <laughs> but uh, I figure my resume is in heaven, so I try not to stress or be discouraged. See what I did there? Yeah. What? Okay. Um, you know, this, this uh, session is going pretty long, so we should probably bring it to a close. Um, we talked about all the things that stress can do to our physical bodies. Yeah. Taking in this emotional, mental stress destroys our physical bodies because the brain response releases all these chemicals that just kill us. It just kills us. And the devil, therefore, uses this stuff. He uses the stress and the anxiety and the worry to try to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his MO. That's what he does. He is using your stress, whoever you are listening to this. He is using the stressful situations and anxiety-ridden situations and worrisome things in your life to ruin your life and ultimately to kill you. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what this stuff does. If you do not stop saying yes to all the negative effects of stress and anxiety in your life, it'll kill you. 
and even the non-Christian doctors now are seeing that this is true. What has been in scripture for thousands of years is actually true, medically proven now. Mm -hmm. So we need to learn how to stop cooperating with the devil and start cooperating with the Holy Spirit. Yes. There is a lot of hope here and, and tune in again next week and we're going to get into some specifics. But this, this is good news. God does not want you to live under the negative effects of stress or worry mm. or anxiety. Not only does he not want you to, but he has given you absolutely everything you need in order to not. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Amen. A mind that can make those good decisions. Exactly. Exactly. And so not only can we live without the negative, but we get the positive of having the peace of Christ in our life. And the disparity between being stressed out and being filled with the peace of Christ is so insane that the first, when I first started to experience, I was like, it was like, I, I was filled with the spirit in a Pentecostal sense when I was so young that I don't remember it. Mm -hmm. But when I talked to like my mother, who was a young adult when that happened, and other people, they talk about a huge shift in their life and their relationship with God when they were first baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because the, the, the Spirit is given reins, you might say, in your heart. And as you yield more to Him, you see more supernatural things happening in your own heart and, and around you. And it's a huge change. For a lot of people, it is a, like they... I was saved here and I was filled with the spirit here. And those changes are some, for some people, almost as big, right? I don't have that experience because I was baptized in the spirit so young. But so this is my big one. Yeah. This is my big night and day. There was Nate before and Nate after. Once I started being able to live without the stress and live with the peace, which by the way, peace is amazing. It is so awesome. It was, it was like night and day in my life and my wife loved it. Okay. She, she loved it and she noticed it. Mm -hmm. So did my kids. Because like I said, there are levels to this. And so I got to a new level, you know, right around when I got married or right after. And then another one when we first had kids. And then the, the big hard one for me was in Japan getting over mixed with depression. It, it just, that threw a big monkey wrench into the situation. But God got me out of that. Um, and then there was a, another one, you know, shortly thereafter with being... Uh, recently moved back to the U.S. at 36 years old with my third child, unemployed and living in my parents' house with no savings. Wow. That could have crippled me as a man if I had allowed it to. And mm -hmm. I closed the door. I said, nope. Way to go. I, I've been obeying Christ. I've been obeying God this whole time. So this is okay. He can get me out of this. And he did. I'm going to say a prayer. Please do. Thank you, Father, that you're going to teach this to our friends, our listeners. Thank you that they're going to understand it and receive it as your holy word that will change their lives now and for eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come back next week, and I've got some props to show those who are watching on video. Oh, cool. Ooh, Christ. All right, God bless. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.